So as I was saying, hello! No, your podcast platform, your podcatcher is not glitching. If you do indeed still subscribe to the podcast, and thank you if so, this is indeed a new episode. We have a new theme song and everything. Well, sort of. I mean, we'll have 25 to 30 minutes of content here, so I believe it definitely counts as a full episode. This isn't a two-minute teaser. I don't think Apple Podcasts likes those anyway. That's what one of the podcast platforms told me. When this episode posts, it will have been 127 days since the last podcast was produced. But only 91 business days, which doesn't sound as bad, right? I know, I know. Believe me. It's at least 50 days longer than I originally intended to record again. If I was more clever, I'd say we were beginning season two of the podcast or something like that, although I wouldn't expect anyone to buy into that. So the format for this particular episode will be a little bit different from what has been a typical podcast, and there have only been seven of them, with discussion on a few topics, probably including a movie or TV review, and maybe a funny story or two. What I want to do with this episode, and plan to do weekly, is include my weekly radio segments and give friends and followers a chance to hear them. If you don't know, I appear three times a week on Wise Sports Radio, Asheville's local sports talk station. I used to appear on a few more radio stations throughout the country, but yeah, that's not happening anymore. For the past few years, I've done two segments covering Major League Baseball news and topics each week on Wise Sports Radio, and another with a movie review. Two weeks ago, however, Pat Ryan, the host of The Wise Guys, asked if I'd be interested in doing a football segment covering NFL news and topics, replacing the contributor he had who apparently didn't want to do it anymore. I'd been writing more about the NFL during the past few years and recently had a gig where I was covering it full time. I think I'll save what happened there until the next full podcast. And though most of my professional writing career has involved baseball, I've always been a huge football fan. So when Pat was looking for another NFL contributor, I said I'd be interested, even though I was already doing three segments, and it was probably better to have a different voice on their NFL coverage. But I filled in a couple of times over the summer when one of Pat's regular NFL contributors, former pro and college coach John Shoup, who lives in western North Carolina, was on vacation. Those fill-in spots went well. Pat and I already have a good on-air rapport since I've been on his show for a few years. And a few years ago, I filled in as co-host on Y Sports Radio's now-defunct Sunday NFL show, The Sunday Blitz. So when his other NFL contributor went AWOL, Pat asked me if I wanted to take that spot. I certainly wasn't going to say no, but was maybe a bit apprehensive at taking over for a contributor who was really entertaining on air, with plenty of experience as a sports writer and radio host. If I'm being annoying at not naming him, I apologize. He's probably best known for his work at Bleacher Report. Plus, I worried a little bit that Pat's listeners might get tired of hearing me so much. But hey, Pat was cool with it, his producer was cool with it, and perhaps most importantly, why Sports Radio station manager was on board with it. So what was I worried about? Talking football on the radio is a lot of fun. It's featured more prominently on Pat's show, which shouldn't be a surprise. As much as I love baseball and what writing about it has done for me, 
Football, especially the NFL, makes the sporting world go round in the United States. I know plenty of baseball fans would hate me saying that, but largely because it's true. So, all of this is a long way of saying that I want these radio segments to be a part of the regular podcast content. A few months ago, Y Sports Radio entered the 21st century and finally began streaming their content online, something that I and many others at that station have been hoping for. It's been frustrating over the years for my friends and followers and prospective employers being unable to listen to my radio stuff because they're not in the Asheville area. There have been times when I wondered if I still wanted to do local radio, as much as I enjoy it and I'm grateful for the opportunity, because there didn't seem to be much payoff. I realize that sounds selfish, but I'd like doing radio to either help my career somehow and for more people to hear it. But no matter where they are, people aren't always at the computer to listen when my segments air. We live in an on-demand culture now, when people listen or watch what they want, when they want. So with Y Sports Radio now streaming, I can record the show on my computer and cut clips from those segments. And I can put them on this podcast. So my plan is to include my three weekly radio segments into the podcast. I'm on the radio Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, which should allow me to release two shows per week. Maybe that's overambitious of me, especially when I've only produced a total of eight podcasts by myself. It wouldn't be the first time I've tried to take on more than I'm capable of doing, especially when it comes to personal content. But I don't want to cram all of those radio spots into one show when they're spread throughout the week. Plus, that would mean the podcast posts on Friday, which isn't necessarily the best day for a decent audience. What I'd like to do is release more of a regular show on Tuesday with one radio segment included along with whatever other content, reviews, stories, etc. I produce for a weekly show. Then on Friday, I'll post my other two radio spots along with anything else that might be good for ending the week. So let's get the new iteration of the podcast going here. We'll begin with Wednesday's baseball segment, in which Pat and I discuss the troubling charges against Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Felipe Vasquez, Washington Nationals manager Dave Martinez's health issues, and a couple of major leaguers who are continuing the legacy of their famous Hall of Fame fathers. Ian, how you doing, lad? I'm doing great. How are you, Pat? I can't complain, man. We're, it's hump day Wednesday. That means it's kind of downhill from here on out. And uh, Speaking of downhill, it could be that for a Pirates closer and two-time All-Star Felipe Vasquez. Uh, and he's being charged with multiple felonies in Pennsylvania and Florida, including statutory sexual assault. Oh, boy, Ian. Uh, what disciplinary action can Vasquez expect, not only by the Pirates, but certainly by Major League Baseball? Well, uh, Major League Baseball has put uh, Felipe Vasquez on administrative leave, which is uh, basically uh, suspending him without suspending him. It's just uh, taking him off the field, off the roster, until uh, they hear from law enforcement uh, before deciding what uh, his disciplinary action to take. This does not look good for Felipe Vasquez. Mm. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, the multiple felonies, the statutory sexual assault, 
Vasquez told police he tried to have sex with a 13-year-old girl. I mean, it's just an ugly, gross situation. Uh, it, I think his career with the Pittsburgh Pirates is over. His locker in the clubhouse has been emptied. A uh, banner outside the ballpark was taken down. Uh, they scrubbed his image from uh, scoreboard videos. He's and done. when they list the uh, NL state leaders on the scoreboard, uh, his name's not there. So, yeah, I I do wonder if Felipe Vasquez, well, certainly his Pirates career, but maybe his Major League Baseball career is over as well. Yeah, you know, when it comes to, you know, statutory rape um, or statutory, in their case, sexual assault, yeah, uh, that that is not to be messed with uh, at any level. Uh, professional sports, certainly, uh, Major League Baseball, NFL. Ba- I mean, that's just ooh, that's one thing. They're like, we're not even dealing with that. Uh, if he is convicted, I cannot see another team as talented as he is picking him up. Wow, uh, that was that was tough to read for sure. Um, and by the way, speaking of tough to read, Washington manager Dave Martinez, he's missing the uh, series with the Nationals going on as we speak. Um, or, or with the uh, the St. Louis series with the Nationals. All right, this is a big series, Ian. So why is Martinez having to miss it? Dave Martinez uh, left Sunday's game uh, against the Braves with chest pains, and uh, he was uh, hospitalized and is undergoing a, a cardiac uh, catheterization, which uh, you know, my, my father uh, underwent this uh, a, a few times. So that's where they uh, thread a, a catheter, uh, usually through your groin, for diagnostics uh, on what uh, could be happening with his heart. You know, it could be, you know, is it an irregular heartbeat? Uh, is there something else going on? Uh, but something uh, that they have to run tests and blood work uh, and so forth. So as you pointed out, uh, Martinez is missing the Nats series in St. Louis. Uh, I suspect he will also miss uh, the following series on the road, uh, three-game road set in Miami, just because uh, maybe they don't want him, uh, uh, doctors and the team don't want Dave Martinez to travel uh, while he's recovering uh, from this procedure. Mm, yeah. So bench coach Chip Hale is taking over. Uh, Chip Hale uh, is a former major league manager. He does have experience uh, having managed the Arizona Diamondbacks for two seasons. But as you point out, the Nats are, are in a Really tight race for the NL wild card. Right now they have a one-and-a-half game lead for the top spot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Nationals have been playing well, and to have their uh, manager uh, miss some time uh, is certainly uh, not what you want at this time of year. Yeah, uh, indeed, no, for sure. Um, as we move on, Ian Castleberry joining the Wise Guys Baseball Headlines presented by Vistanet telecommunications um starting second baseman jason kitness of the indians done for the year uh with a wrist injury so ian cleveland much like the nats fighting uh for a wild card slot so how big an impact will this be on the team's postseason hopes i mean i think it is an impact certainly uh, in terms of uh kitness has been in the indians lineup throughout the season uh, 245 average uh, 715 ops 17 home runs uh so you'd say maybe that uh his production isn't uh, irreplaceable, uh, and the Indians in a in a tough uh, race, as you mentioned, uh, for that AL wild uh, that second AL wild card spot uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays. They're a half game out right now. The Indians have three players. I think they're going to try and replace Kipnis with at second base. First and foremost, Andrew uh, Velasquez, who they got in a trade at the deadline uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, in the minors, he's hit 300. Uh, six home runs, 19 doubles. So I think he'll get the first shot. Uh, but Ryan Flaherty, uh, who has 19 home runs in the minors, and Mike Freeman, uh, also with some major league experience. So I, I think uh, they're going to throw those three names at the position and hope that those three uh, can equal 
uh, whatever production uh, Jason Kipnis offered the Indians. Oh, boy. Yeah, boy, this is not the time. We were just talking about the Cubbies last week and uh, key injuries hitting them. Um, all right, Ian, let, let's talk family. Uh, the Giants' Mike Yastrzemski, grandson of Red Sox legend Carl Yastrzemski. Man, uh, can you believe this? Hits a home run last night in Dad's old stomping ground, Fenway Park, and he crushed it uh, to dead center field. Uh, Mike said it was super special. Yeah, Ian, what a cool moment. Mike Yastrzemski uh, making his uh, debut in Fenway Park, uh, where his legendary grandfather, Carl Yastrzemski, uh, Hall of Fame career for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, it, it was cool enough for Mike Yastrzemski uh, to take the field for the San Francisco Giants, but to hit a home run uh, in the fourth inning, as you said, crushing it uh, to center field, just a, a phenomenal moment uh, for, for baseball uh, and a very special moment for uh, the Yastrzemski family, obviously. Uh, by the way, uh, Ian, what, what is little Yaz's potential on the major league level? I think he uh, is a legitimate uh, – uh, he's 29 years old. He's a legitimate major leaguer. He has 20 home runs this year for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, he had 316 in the minors. Uh, I don't know if he'll be a starting uh, outfielder long-term uh, for the San Francisco Giants, but for a bad Giants team right now, he is the starting left fielder. But I think uh, he, he could certainly stick uh, with the Giants or another team uh, as a, a third or fourth outfielder. Uh, 29 years old, I think he still has a very solid uh, major league career ahead of him. And, and, and speaking of, uh, well, this was a grandson-grandfather uh, combination, but how about uh, a, a dad and son? How about the Biggios? That sounds like either an ABC uh, comedy series or a Bravo series, but uh, the Biggios um, are doing pretty well these days, especially the little one, uh, the Blue Jays. Is it Caven Biggio? Yeah, uh, Kevin Vigio. Kevin, okay. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, kind of a, the, the junior Blue Jays here. You know, they have uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, Kevin Vigio, uh, Bo Bichette, uh, also right. a part of uh, the, the, the Blue Jays Major League roster. And Kevin Vigio, he was the number two prospect for the Blue Jays uh, coming into this season uh, behind Vlad Guerrero, uh, who was number one. A little bit of a struggle so far this season, you know, batting 230, a 786 OPS. But 15 doubles, 14 home runs, 13 stolen bases. Uh, he is definitely a future star for the Blue Jays, uh, playing uh, second base right now while Bo Pichette plays a uh, shortstop. But uh, hitting for the cycle, uh, joining his father, only the second Blue Jay to hit for the cycle. I believe. Oh, I'm sorry, the third uh, behind uh, Kelly Gruber uh, and Jeff Fry. Um, wow. Uh, the Blue Jays are, are fabulous. If, if maybe they can, you know, dig up, I don't know, maybe Greg Maddox's kid, maybe Pedro Martinez's <laughs> kid, you know, to bolster their staff, you know, at that point. As uh, Ian Castleberry is uh, joining the Wise Guys, we got a couple of minutes, Ian, and I know Wednesdays we usually do your movie review, but um, uh, let's, what is it called? The Hustle or Hustlers? Oh, Hustlers. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. J Lo's uh, movie. It's, uh, yeah, J Lo and uh, Constance Wu who uh, some people might know from uh, Crazy Rich Asians or uh, the TV show Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, kind of a heist movie uh, in that the, uh, a group of strippers decide to uh, bilk uh, some Wall Street uh, investors, Wall Street uh, guys uh, out of their money. Uh, you know, uh, get, get them drunk, bring them into the champagne room, take their credit card, run up a bunch of charges. How many of them are going to go to police or, or, or bring up 
the fact that, you know, their corporate card was charged $5,000, you know, because they were at a strip club or, you know, having to admit that uh, to their family. I think it's a really impressive performance by Jennifer Lopez. I mean, I know some people just, you know, don't like her as far as, you know, her celebrity uh, persona and presence. Uh, I think, uh, you know, she's a, a bad mofo uh, in this role is kind of uh, the ringleader uh, of this and somebody who, you know, there is sort of a storyline of, you know, uh, getting back uh, at the 1% sticking up uh, for the little guy. But, of course, we're also talking a movie about strippers, so, you know, th- there is uh, something to be enjoyed uh, yeah. for, for some people there. And <laughs> J-Lo does have a fantastic uh, introduction uh, in this movie when she takes the stage, I must say. Wow, okay. Uh, by the way, to the Patri- Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, did he make a, um, a guest appearance in this movie by chance? Uh, if he did, I missed it. <laughs> he, uh, he may, you know, maybe he uh, had some makeup uh or something like that, but I, I did not recognize uh, Robert Kraft, uh, maybe because of some of the services that were not offered uh, by this club in the movie. You know, he could have used that, like, you know, what were you doing in there? We've got, oh, no, we were just, that was just shooting a scene for a movie. <laughs> right. right, for sure. Uh-huh. You're the best, buddy. Hey, we got uh, some NFL headlines to get with you tomorrow at 4 o'clock, so we will look forward to catching up with you then. Always appreciate uh, the baseball knowledge, my friend. I can't wait. Thanks so much, Pat. Always. Thank you, Ian. Dean Castleberry with the Wise Guys. Uh, man, uh, that, that pirate situation with Vasquez. Holy cow. All right. The news cycle in baseball is a bit slow with little suspense in the division races and the postseason coming up. Pat caught me a bit off guard by wanting to talk about hustlers, but I'm glad we can still fit some movie talk into the show now and then. I caught a little bit of flack on Facebook for my positive opinion about Hustlers and Jennifer Lopez's performance, but I was entertained, and not just because the movie was full of women in revealing clothing. J-Lo's a badass here, and she might just get an Oscar nomination, probably for Best Supporting Actress, out of this. Try not to bring your preconceived notions about J-Lo into this. I tried to check my current bias against Constance Wu, who's become an insufferable diva publicly at the door. I do think she was probably miscast in her role, however. I understand that it's nearly impossible not to bring those notions into watching a movie when they're the stars of the film, but those performances and that movie should uh, be graded on their own merit. There's probably more to talk about in the NFL right now, so Thursday's segment included plenty of topics, including trade talk involving the Jacksonville Jaguars' Jalen Ramsey, Antonio Brown's continuing off-field issues, prominent storylines for week three of the NFL schedule, and predictions for the Thursday night football game, which has obviously already happened. So we can see how smart or dumb I am each week. That also applies to Sunday's NFL action, depending on when you listen to this. It's usually going to be dumb. I am terrible at week-to-week predictions, as people who have been following me for a long time may know. Ian, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Pat? You know, no complaints uh, yet, but the day's fairly young. But I think we're in we're in good place, man. Um, traffic's looking pretty good, so that's not a big headache for a lot of folks. And so, hey, um, yeah, so we're, we're we're off to a good start. Uh, not off to a good start. Well, we'll see tonight. Is uh, Jags cornerback Jalen Ramsey, and, and it looks like they they've kissed and made up. Uh, what when I say they, I mean his he and his head coach Doug Marone. But, okay, Ramsey's going to start for Jacksonville tonight against Tennessee, but his agent tweeted a few days ago um, that Ramsey wants to be traded. Is is that still where he stands right now? Because 
that's a stunner that he's making all this noise and is going to start tonight. Yeah, uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, is set to play tonight, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think uh, this trade talk is going to go away. Not only does Ramsey want to be traded, but there are plenty of NFL teams that are interested if the Jaguars are, are willing to trade Ramsey. ESPN's uh, Josina Anderson listed six teams uh, that she put at the top of her list. Chiefs, Vikings, Ravens, Eagles, Raiders, Seahawks. And she said nearly every NFL team has at least made a call on Ramsey. There was a report earlier this week that uh, the, the talk started with uh, offering a 2020 first-round pick plus a, a later-round pick or maybe even a player. For, for that kind of return, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have to trade Jalen Ramsey. Uh, this is uh, They're probably not going anywhere this season. I don't know if you could call it a, a, a rebuild, but if Ramsey uh, is, is discontent, and from what I understand, he's not necessarily a popular player in that locker room, and the Jaguars can get a first-round pick and, uh, you know, maybe uh, a later-round pick. Maybe that pick is higher if uh, the first-round pick is lower in that first round. Uh, the Jaguars have to make this deal. And personally, I would pick put the Philadelphia Eagles at the top of that list. If you looked how their secondary performed against uh, the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday Night Football last week, uh, a cornerback of Jalen Ramsey's talent would be a great fit uh, on that Eagles team. Man, uh, I'm, I'm surprised, Dean, he's not playing, or he's playing tonight for another reason, and that is if you're looking to trade him, take him off the field just to risk. I mean, if he gets hurt tonight, uh, holy cow. That, that is a great point. That is a great point. Uh, yeah, big risk there, but uh, maybe they, they're thinking they want to showcase uh, Jalen Ramsey as well. Yeah. Oh boy. It, it's just a hot mess there. I, I, I'm really quite frankly surprised, uh, that he is actually going to be on the field tonight, man. Uh, I mean, just, just, I mean, the brush up with the coach was one thing, but you have your agent tweet out that you want to be traded. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, take him back to being five years old, put him in a timeout and let his head cool on that. Wow. Okay. We'll see where it plays out. Who knows if he's going to explode tonight against the Titans. Now, Ian, I'm not sure how the NFL is going to handle an allegation of sexual assault against Antonio Brown, but Pittsburgh area law enforcement has already made a decision regarding Brown's case. What's the latest there? Yeah, the Pittsburgh District Attorney or Allegheny County District Attorney uh, has decided he will not pursue charges uh, against Antonio Brown due to the statute of limitations uh, that this alleged incident uh, that's uh, in the civil suit by Brittany Taylor happened more than two years ago in uh, June of, of 2017, uh, according to her allegations. So that that's uh, beyond the statute of limitations. So the Pittsburgh DA uh, has decided uh, he's not going to pursue this case. Uh, that's still, you know, that, that doesn't mean that the NFL still isn't going to do something. They met with Taylor this week uh, based on the information uh, they received from her and their continuing investigation, we could still see uh, Antonio Brown placed on the commissioner's exempt list until uh, uh, the police investigation and, and more information uh, becomes available. Uh, but we also heard earlier this week, Sports Illustrated reported uh, new sexual misconduct allegations against uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, today, Nike announced that they were dropping him uh, as uh, one of their athletes. So, uh, yeah, th this is hardly over, even if uh, the Pittsburgh DA uh, is not going to follow through on charges. Yeah. Um, and then there's the Sports Illustrated story. Another woman, apparently um, an, an artist, 
um, who who claims uh, sexual assault as well with Antonio Brown. Um, matter of fact, it's there, that story came out. It was like in Sports Illustrated. I was just listening, you know, getting the highlights. And but boy, he he's an interesting dude, man. He he's a guy. He's a, they're saying he's a narcissist. Um, you know, totally into himself. Um, yeah, that's man. I'll tell you what, Oakland, they they. They lucked out. I mean, this is going to be New England's problem. New England knows how to handle problems, as we talked about, um, you know, the other day, that basically New England's just waiting to see what the NFL says, and then they'll go from there. Oh, man, what a mess. What's going on in this world? Um, Ian Castleberry with the Wise Guys, presented by D.C. Creaseman Jewelers. It wasn't Taco Tuesday, but the Cowboys <laughs> kind of had Taco Wednesday. Ian. Uh, no free tacos, but former first-round draft pick defensive lineman Taco Charlton out of Michigan, are you listening, Blades, was released by the team. Right, Ian, why did Dallas part ways with the former Wolverine? Kind of a surprise. I mean, uh, uh, Taco Charlton was uh, the Cowboys' first-round pick in 2017. Uh, you don't see teams uh, give up uh, on their first-round picks, uh, usually that fast, but uh the Cowboys made a trade uh, earlier in the offseason to get Robert Quinn from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Quinn uh, is now available. Uh, he can be uh, added to the roster. So uh, moving Charlton off the roster clears the space for Quinn. But Charlton has also dealt with uh, shoulder injuries, ankle injuries. He hasn't been that productive. You know, I want to root for my Michigan guy. But four sacks in uh, 27 games, uh, only seven starts. He was inactive for the first two games of this season. He's been a healthy scratch in their past four games. So clearly uh, the Cowboys coaching staff led by uh, defensive coordinator Rod Marinelli, who Rod Marinelli, I think if he could make a team of 11 defensive linemen on defense, he would do that. He loves his defensive linemen but uh, obviously does not like Taco Charlton. And uh, Charlton kind of made some noise on social media saying, free me. Uh, and the Cowboys oh. have obliged. See, uh, you know, open the door, uh, pushing Taco Charlton out the door. Oh, my goodness. Good Lord. Uh, do you think he's going to be picked up by uh, another team with those injury issues and kind of that, the way he left the team? Yeah, he'll probably have to work out and see, you know, with physicals, you know, is his shoulder, uh, is his ankle, are they still in condition? Uh, you know, was this a situation where the Cowboys defensive staff just didn't, you know, like the way Charlton was performing or they thought other players uh, like their uh, fourth-round pick this year, Durant Armstrong, uh, Joe Jackson had been uh, uh, performing better than Charlton. But I think, you know, a young defensive end, a former first-round pick, Teams are always looking for pass rushers, edge rushers. Uh, he will get a shot somewhere, depending on uh, which team has the best fit. Oh, man. Uh, but, you know, Dallas is rolling right now. They're a 22-and-a-half-point favorite over Miami Sunday, uh, by the way. Yeah, good Wow. Times. I know, right? <laughs> We're just talking about it. With when is Miami, by the way, when are they just going to stop the charade and play Josh Rosen? Like Maybe he's not better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. But you know they're not going to win with Brian Fitzpatrick. Uh, the Dolphins are probably going to have the number one pick next year. Uh, are they going to use it on a quarterback? Why not play Josh Rosen and find out if you have your guy uh, rather than using that number one pick uh, on uh, Tuya Tagovola or uh, Jalen Hurts next year? Yeah, and, and it's it may be happening sooner rather than later because both Fitzpatrick and Rosen have been taking uh, snaps with the first team this week. So the guess is Fitzpatrick will start. They'll see how he does, and uh, that, at that point, uh, Coach Flores will, will make the decision if he needs to yank Fitzpatrick and put Rosen in. But good Lord, if you're Josh Rosen, it's like, do you really want to be tossed into that 
dumpster fire? Well, he's going to be. He's a pro, uh, but not the ideal situation for the second-year guy who's still trying to find his way uh, in the NFL. What a mess down there. Uh, Ian Castleberry with the Wise Guys. He's not a mess, presented by D.C. Creaseman Jewelers. Um, all right, well, 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 will someone take Jets coach Adam Gates out on the town, Ian? Please just, just show him a good time. <laughs> he needs it so bad. He's lost his two well, he, he's lost his backup quarterback for the rest of the season. Sam Darnold has mono, which ma- back in my day meant you were fooling around. I'm not quite sure what it means now. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you're like, he's got mono? Oh, my goodness. Who do you think he got it from? Did you see the graphic on, on uh, Monday Night Football, by the way, that ESPN put up there with the, you know, they had, you know, they usually put the player up there and he's like posing and pointing to the camera. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so they, had, they had Sam Darnold pointing to the camera. Out indefinitely, mononucleosis. I just thought it was a hilarious <laughs> like, image. Wow, just make it really public for everyone to see. He may be coming <laughs> back here maybe in the next couple of weeks, but uh, the Jets right now, I mean, again, how do you like that making, what, an extra million dollars a year, whatever it may be, Le'Veon? How's that working out for you? Uh, with You know, you take the money, but you're going you're gonna to get stuck with a team like the Jets. Even with Sam Darnold there, there was no guarantee that this team was anywhere near uh, the playoffs, but uh, still a lot of ways to go for sure. Um, poor Adam Gay. So yeah, man, he just needs to go out and just just get hammered. Um, he does. Yeah, he needs to he needs to relax. But he also he's got a big job in front of him. I mean, this is the classic case that we see in sports, especially in football. You know, Todd Bowles was the players' coach. Uh, all the players liked him, but you know, discipline suffered. Here comes Adam Gaze uh, to drop the hammer. Uh, you know, be the tough guy. Maybe broom some uh, some players out. You know, be be uh, be the tough guy. It's, he's got a big job in front of him. Boy, does he ever. Um, and it's not going well so far. So I don't know if you can blame him or, or Jets management on this one. Hey, uh, Ian, what other week uh, three storylines are you uh, following this week? You know, I think this is all about uh, the backup quarterbacks that are suddenly uh, being thrown into duty. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to see uh, uh, Taysom Hill, uh, Teddy Bridgewater take over for Drew Brees uh, uh, in New Orleans. How is... Uh, uh, other backup situation, you mentioned uh, Sam Darnold uh, out with uh, Amano. Daniel Jones is, is going to start uh, for the New York Giants, something uh, that was long overdue. I think uh, Mason Rudolph starting for uh, the injured Ben Roethlisberger uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, excuse me. And, uh, you know, is Cam Newton going to play uh, for, for the Carolina uh, Panthers? Dude. He didn't look too good uh, last Thursday oh, night. You, uh, just, you, you know, just struck a nerve with me. Um, you know, Rivera, Ron, Coach Rivera literally just walked out of a press conference like not even three minutes into it because he did not want to answer questions about Cam. But it's if I'm in that media room, I'm asking questions about Cam. Because, oh, you have to ask that question. You know, and, and he's like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not answering any questions on Cam Newton. Well, what else is there to talk about? Oh, Kyle Allen, like the press doesn't care about that. They want to know what's up with Cam because as we were talking about with Stan earlier and, and during my open, it, it, all this is happening like last year. It's like he had issues, right? Injury issues. You, you, you felt like there was something not right with his arm. And um, now, of course, we found out, well, Cam had to have shoulder surgery. So now Cam's like, oh, the shoulder's looking great. I mean, remember all of that coming into the preseason? Oh, Cam's shoulder's 100%. Everyone's like, oh, this is going to be great. Cam's ready to go. And then he tanks, and it's like the same old Cam. Yet we're not getting anything from Cam. We're not getting anything from the Panthers. He continues to suck. And, you know, it's just uh, Michael Vick said recently, uh, the former NFL quarterback, um, 
he said, look, I don't see Cam being in Charlotte next year. That was like, whoa. I don't know if that, that was one of those, hey, say something that'll shock everyone moments. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that wholeheartedly, Ian. No, I think it's, it's definitely a, a possibility. Uh, the, the Panthers haven't done a good job of protecting him over the years. He's taken a lot of hits. This shoulder surgery, now he has this foot issue. It looks like he's having problems uh, throwing deep. You know, I made excuses for him last week saying maybe it was that Rams defense, but he looked terrible on Thursday night football. Uh, you know, in a game I think we were all picking the Panthers to beat uh, the Buccaneers. Uh, Cam Newton was terrible. And, uh, I, I, you know, I think you do have to call into question uh, what, what his future uh, w- with the Carolina Panthers is. He's just digressed since uh, taking the Panthers to the Super Bowl. And the thing that really bothers me the most about Cam, and look, he's a good dude. I love what he does in the community. Um, this this is strictly on a professional level, is is when things are going great, Cam's leading the party. And when things going bad, that's when Cam's not a good leader. When things are going bad, he sulks. Uh, he doesn't stand up. He doesn't fire up his teammates. He's actually leading the charge, you know, down the, down the rabbit hole. And that's always bothered me with Cam. When things are going bad, Cam just folds up the tent emotionally. And it's, it's in the team sense that and they really take off on the Panthers. So they're going to have to figure this out. If Cam is not healthy enough to play for crying out loud, don't put him on the field until he is and let the team you know suffer because quite frankly the way cam is playing now i don't think kyle allen can do any worse no and you have a a veteran team uh you know with uh, plenty of other players uh you know they're capable of winning some games but they need some as you pointed out some leadership but they certainly need somebody who can perform physically uh, at the position whether it's kyle allen you know do do they even bother giving a will greer shot i think that that would be sort of a, a rebuild a white flag kind of move uh, you know, it's far too early for, for the Panthers uh, to, to wave that flag yet, but they do have to make a decision here uh, on Cam Newton. Is Cam Newton going to make that decision for them? Uh, it's looking like that's possible. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. By the way, the mothership uh, just sending this down. Thanks very much. Uh, just announced Josh Rosen will start for the Dolphins this week. So. There you have it. Man. That's the right move for for Miami. I'm not to, not to say that that's going to make any difference whatsoever uh, in their game uh, in week three, but the Dolphins have to see what they have uh, in Josh Rosen before deciding what they're what they're going to do next year's draft. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, uh, back to the Titans at the Jaguars tonight, Thursday night football. Who's your pick to win? The Jaguars at home. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Jaguars. I, I think uh, you know maybe I, I'm a little caught up uh, in the legend of uh, Gardner Minshew and his uh, fantastic mustache, uh, his, <laughs> his uh, beautiful red silver suits that he uh, yeah. was that a, on the road. Was that a real pickup? That was really what he was wearing. That was a real picture. Oh my god! I, I thought that was photoshopped. I, I believe that was a real. Photo when he got off the plane in Houston. Uh, yeah, I mean, these days, who knows? Anything could be photoshopped God, or deep faked he, he or whatever. Like, he looked like a Coke dealer from the 70s in that, in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> a remake of almost famous starring like Gardner <laughs> yeah, Minshew. Yeah, no kidding. Or Blow. Oh, uh, but uh, <laughs> Minshew has played well uh, in his uh, first two games. Uh, you know, last week, his first uh, NFL start, 23 of 33 for uh, 213 yards, uh, one touchdown. Uh, it, they were, should have tied that game. Uh, who knows if the Jaguars uh, would have gone on to, to win that game uh, in, in overtime. But I think uh, Doug Marone let his team down, uh, you know, calling for uh, the, the play that they did on the two-point conversion. They could have tied the game, uh, you know, just giving it to Leonard Fournette and running him right into the line. 
rather than doing something maybe a little more creative, you know, rolling Minshew out or, or a pass play or even even just another running play instead of running right into the line. Uh, I think, uh, you know, a very disappointing decision uh, by the Jaguars maybe cost them a win uh, on the road. Meanwhile, the Titans, Mar- Marcus Mariota, you know, we're talking about uh, quarterbacks, uh, young quarterbacks that have been struggling. Marcus Mariota, is, is, he's the new captain checkdown. He's the new Jeff Garcia. He won't throw the ball down the field. Uh, they, the Titans' offense, they looked terrible uh, against the Colts uh, in Week 2, uh, losing in 1917. Uh, Mariota against uh, a Jaguars defense. Uh, that could be pretty pumped up, especially uh, Mr. Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if he wants to uh, make a showcase uh, for himself uh, on a nationally televised game. Gardner Minshew continues uh, to look good. Uh, yeah, I like uh, the Jaguars here. Uh, the Titans are favored by uh, uh, one and a half points, but I, I would take the Jaguars. I, I think they're going to win by at least six points. All right, there you have it. Ian, great job, my friend. As always, whoo, that's a wrap for you this week, man. Thanks, as always, Monday, Wednesday's baseball and uh, Thursday's NFL, my friend. Have a great weekend. We'll talk on Tuesday. Or Monday. All right. Thanks so much, Pat. Love doing it. <laughs> you, I love it, man. Trying to get used to the schedule that I p- presented to Ian. Uh, appreciate Ian joining the Wise Guys talking NFL football. And there it is, a new podcast. I was right about the Jaguars, although Jacksonville won by more than I predicted. And uh, since we recorded, Taco Charlton signed with the Miami Dolphins, who will face his former team, the Dallas Cowboys, on Sunday. That should be interesting. I'm wiping off some cobwebs and sanding off some rust, so these Friday episodes will probably get out a bit earlier than it did this week. Just gotta get back into the groove. But again, the plan will be for Friday to mostly be radio stuff. I'll be back, hopefully on Tuesday, with more of a regular episode and get this whole thing restarted. Please let me know what you think at thepodcasts at gmail.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-S. We're also on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Podcast. So there are plenty of places for you to chide me for going the entire summer without recording. I can also be found on Twitter at IanCass, I-A-N-C-A-S-S, if you'd prefer your contact to be a bit more personal. And archived episodes can be found at thepodcast.com. There aren't many right now, so you can binge them all in an afternoon. A few of you have told me you've done that which is cool and very much appreciated. Let's get together again soon. Real soon, like next week. Thank you for listening. The new theme music 2.0 for the podcast is Hiking by Silent Partner. You can find more of their work on YouTube and SoundCloud.